0: How do you get studio grade recordings from home nowadays? I'm Victor. I'm here uh with Cody, who's the owner of Understudy Studios. And Cody, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh yeah, I'm a um uh I'm a musician first, a uh producer recently, and uh working on uh becoming a mix engineer. Um and uh it's just uh it's been a it's been a, a journey and one I look forward to every day.
0: Oh, amazing. So I've seen you here at Understudy Studios, which is our neighbor. And you've been developing quite the little recording setup in one of the most unlikely places, honestly. And um, and I'm being impressed every time with the recent recordings that you've been engineering and producing. You're getting some real studio-grade quality. I know you've been building up all your equipment and everything. And you're self-taught. You don't have an audio engineering educational background but you have a purely experience-based background and uh can you speak a little bit about that journey to it and really like utilizing a space that's not a traditional recording studio that could be very equivalent to someone's garage or someone's room you know and really transforming it to get these sounds that you've been getting recently in these records these really full rich sounds
1: yeah so um particularly the the drums is is what uh, having a big room is all about and and, and this room isn't that big. It's uh, yeah like you said, about the size of anyone's garage, but utilizing acoustics properly and and, and we have uh, very little acoustic treatment right now and but but I want that. I, I chose not to treat the room. I didn't want to overtreat it um, because you get that extra uh, liveness. From the the acoustics, from from the sounds bouncing around, and it makes it just makes the drum sound bigger and, and and more like just larger than life, and that's really what you're looking for in any recording is 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 making something larger than life.
0: Would you say that the particular uh, materials that the room is made of has been affecting? Like, is that? took part into why you chose not to go with too much acoustic treatment because I feel like a lot of people feel that they have to the dead in a room by default to make it really like a studio grade environment
1: yeah, I mean you have options is what it comes down to if you have a medium sized room like uh the, the average bedroom you got to deaden the entire room. you have no choice it's just not going to sound good you need to have um the The room needs to be big enough because something like the low E of a bass string, that that the wave one cycle uh, at you know whatever the waveform is, that's uh, over twenty two feet long. So that that means for that that when you hit play that bass and it and that waveform travels through the room, it's got to travel twenty two feet to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like that's uh, when you're in a, a cramped room like that, you know that 22 feet turns around and collapses back on itself. That, uh, so when it'll travel 10 feet, it can come back. But you're in a, a room that's 12 feet wide by 12 feet wide, a big square. Um, you're going to get a lot of the noise cancellation because uh, as, as sound waves travel on top of each other, they, they cancel each other out. And then you end up with this uh, really garage band sounding mix you know, recording. Um so you have to deaden that room. Um yeah. a uh uh you know and then you know so when I walked into this room which is I, I, I believe it's about thirty feet by twenty feet, something about it's about that size. Um uh thirty I want to say it's like thirty feet by maybe twenty eight or something like that. I don't know. Okay, um, not twenty eight. No, yeah, definitely yeah. close to thirty I by think. twenty. I think probably
0: probably a good like 300, 350 square. Yeah, it's foot. more.
1: It's definitely you know more rectangular than square. Yeah. But um, uh, right off the bat, I know I need to set up my drums not in the center of the room, but at the furthest at furthest to 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 the longest side. And why is that? Uh, so that just so everything can can have room to travel. And then you can just get the most, uh, the biggest variety of sounds that way. Um, you know, you, you, yeah. you're not going to be, all the mute sound won't collapse in as on itself. You give, got to give the room, uh, you got to give the space for the sound to travel.
0: Yeah, because, and it also offsets your reflections. Because if you're in dead center in a room, your reflections are all meeting at the sound source. Absolutely. Which actually muddens up a lot of your mixing, which is so putting an offset center helps you with uh, in that case on top of what you were saying also. Absolutely. Um and so in another thing I noticed with this room like like you said you're not really you don't you haven't really gone too far as acoustically treating it even though I've seen you go and you're able to make your own baffles out of affordable materials and this and that and um really make things work in that sense. But also I noticed that you've also gone with certain mic brands that aren't necessarily like what people think as the studio echelon. But like, for example, those warm audio mics, you know, yeah. those, and you found ways to really treat those mics to get these great sounds and using specific miking techniques that you've just gone out, learned, researched. Uh, can you just elaborate on that, talk a little bit about that on... How you came across, like, using, uh, elevating these, I would say, more mid-tier, semi-professional mics and leveraging um, also the techniques that you've put into research and stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So, Warm Audio is a fantastic brand. I mean, just making really, really great products uh, for, uh, at at a budget. Um, Some of their condensers I'm not a huge fan of. But I love their uh, 414 copy. Uh, that thing's unbelievable. It's um, the uh, the WA14. It's a copy of a uh, of a AKG. Yeah, the C14. C4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love so, that mic. Amazing mic. And yeah. but this the warm audio clone of that is whether it sounds like a real 414 or not it doesn't matter to me, yeah, what matters is that mic sounds incredible I think um, that's what should matter to most people, you know, but it doesn't. people see warm audio and they they turn they're like turn away from it like oh, this is a gimmick, and mm-hmm. it's not a gimmick, they're quality products yeah. and and depending on how you you use, use them that's what's going to get you a result yeah I also use uh warm audio mic pres i use uh I have their um neve uh mm. 73 pre mic mm-hmm. pre uh copy and their api uh 312 copy nice it's uh,
0: like um that old saying that you probably most of us have heard especially if you're trying to get into a technical field is that it's not about the tool as is about how you use the tool absolutely and the person operating it and your knowledge in implementing the tool because any tool like you can use even there's been records and we both know this that have done amazing sounds just using mostly fifty sevens. Sure. You know, across the board. And that's uh you know, your run-of-the-mill ninety-seven dollar mic.
1: Yeah. Anyone <laughs> listened to Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think it was Blood Sugar Sex Magic, was was all fifty sevens on the, the drum kit. You it, know. but their engineer
0: though is like that's where it comes into play. Oh With, yeah. You know, and people will argue though, like on the Head Hot Chili Peppers, though they're still running through like these Boards and these preamps
1: and stuff a, like that. Honestly, that's it's that's a great point. Yeah, is you can use the fifty seven for everything. Uh, you can get a great, you can make a, a great sound even if you you only have a, a an interface. You don't even have a good, uh, mic pre's. Yeah, mic pre's are, in my opinion, maybe more important than the microphone. Yeah, um, just because it's like, it it makes everything sound more alive, and and to to get that like. To have that uh, that one extra step of processing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just makes thing. It gives it depth and character. Now, if you don't have that, you can just you can get a cheap plugin. Waves make some great stuff uh, for thirty dollars. Most of their yeah. plugins, um, and it'll just impor- impart that little bit of character. Um, so, anybody who who's just like wants to record, um, and you you have a room. You know, put some mat- put your mattress, stand it up. You know, uh, if you don't if you don't have a budget and you're just trying to get by with with as little as possible, yeah, you can go ahead and put the fifty sevens on everything. I mean, it's hundred dollars a piece on a yeah on a you know what a five piece kit. Like that's, there you go. That's you know that's five hundred bucks before overheads. Also, so, packing blankets
0: actually do a pretty good job if you start to oh, layer them on yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, packing blankets uh, on all the walls if you have to, <laughs> uh, sheets, uh, anything with a little thickness, the thicker it is, the more sound absorption you're yeah. going to get. It's common sense. But
0: Also, another thing, I remember this, uh, learning this a while back, but a big thing when it comes to sound absorption is that if you have a layer, you can also put a little space behind that layer before the next layer. Yes. Because what's happening is with sound frequencies, they'll hit that first soft layer, like the packing blankets, the mattress, whatever it is, it'll get... they'll filter out so much of the sound, some will still get through it. And that usually is what bounces back. But if there's a space, now you get those higher frequencies get, bouncing in the space, getting dead in even more before right. you hit the you, next layer. Well,
1: you get a double layer. Uh, you know, you can use one layer yeah. to um, get double to filter layer. it twice. Yes. That's what hap- what's happening because the, the sound travels through it, filters once, comes back, filters again. And uh, ideally, you just want you just want it to filter out enough that when it comes back, the, the microphone isn't canceling out the, the sound. Right. So now one question I want to pivot
0: to, because I think um, as we're talking about this and you know, we're talking a little bit about the room, the materials, the mic choices and stuff, but I think what it really is coming down to that really helps people get the sounds like you're getting right now you know, in the room that you have with the equipment that you have is that you've put yourself through this process of gaining experience, but just building up your knowledge with every experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I've known you for years. We've played together and everything. And uh, so I'm just amazed by, like, how far you've come in your knowledge and this space. And well, so my question is, I really want you to see if you could elaborate a little bit on that kind of process of, like, how are you learning and stepping up as you work on things, as you're experiencing things, is it more of a, oh, I want to try this. How do I do this? Let me look it up. Or is it more of a trial and error type of basis? Or are you going in with a specific idea, trying to pre-plan it all before even going into it and then executing?
1: Yeah. You have a lot of things there. We're going to try and break them all down. Yeah. All right. Uh, I thought that question was mm-hmm. going to end like two questions ago. Uh, it's but- more about the process. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like, how do you get the knowledge that you've gotten? <laughs> sure. So, um, Uh, really it all comes down to is problem solving. Uh, That to me is what sound recording and uh, sound mixing is all about, is problem solving. If you could just take a microphone, plug it into a computer, and hit the record button, there would be nothing to solve, right? But it's not that simple. Um, It is that simple if that's all you want and you're happy with that result. There's no such thing as a bad sound, but... Um, you know, because everybody is, it's so subjective. Um, subjective or objective?
0: So uh,
1: Objective. So objective, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all of it's so objective. And, uh, you know, if you're happy with just the sound coming from a microphone into a, a DAW, mm-hmm. then that's terrific. Um, so for me, it was, you know, because I was never happy with just... For putting a microphone into a DAW, so I was never happy with the sound of a microphone going into just a DAW. Mm-hmm. So I would often just take the. Um, uh, so I, to me, it was like, how do I how do I make that sound better? Because okay. this doesn't sound like my favorite records. Yeah, this sounds like the room I'm in right now. So that's that's the first problem was okay. How do I make this room not sound like? the room i'm in. Yeah. You know, that's where you hit your first problem.
0: Would you uh would you say a good first step is like thinking like i wanted to sound like this record. So let me de- dive into how they got those sounds and don't focus so much on the equipment they use, but more on how they use that equipment, like the type of processing they did and stuff like that. I want
1: to say yes and no. Okay. Elaborate so on that. The first the first step is you know if you if you're in a band or you're a musician or whatever uh, and you're into recording and you want to do it yourself the first step is whatever you want to come out of the the record you need to first capture that so there's no point in expensive microphones and preamps when what you're recording doesn't sound great you know if you don't have, if you're getting a great sound out of your drum set then you're not getting a. Um, then you're not going to end up with a great sound at the, on the back end. Yeah, you know, that no, makes sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. So you know, you're, you're the source is the first that part, and you need to make that sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, and once that's sounding good, then you can put a microphone on, it, and that's when you start experimenting with different microphones, different microphone techniques. Um, No, and that's
0: a a great lead-in because honestly what I was just thinking about was the importance of experimentation when it comes to that, especially when you're in your own environment and you're dealing with your own things. It's important to experiment with what you got. And I just remember the example of just the other night you were taking some time to really test out drum sounds in your room and the different things you can do. And you even had the idea of experimenting by putting one of your mics In a kind of a a trash can, essentially, in the middle of the room, literally Literally, literally a trash can, literally a trash can. Yeah. But you you got this really unique room tone that added this, um, I would say, almost like a plate verb to the mix of the drums. It what it felt like to me.
1: Yeah. It was. It was. It adds a lot of punch. It gives it the, um, the the record, just like this. Just this really wonderful punch in the mid range. Yeah. Um uh it was I was uh so part of learning is is watching going on YouTube and 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 learn and just watching a ton of videos while yeah. I, and I'm horrible. I do it while I'm driving because I, I don't, I'm not actually watching the video. Yeah, I just listening. I, I listening. pay for the Safe premium timing, and people. I can <laughs> yeah. So um I can shut my screen off and listen. Anyway, yeah. um You'd- but there's wonderful guys like uh Chad Blake. And, and something he would do in that's where I got this from is you just take a, a metal trash can and stick a microphone in it next to the, put it, place it next to the drum set and, and just it, you'll get that sound and it's easy to obtain. You'll, you'll get it quick. you ain't got to mess around too much. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend that technique if you're just looking for something different. It's not suitable for every style of music. But it's suitable for whatever you want to try it on. And yeah. if you're happy with it, then that's that's what matters.
0: Well that's the great thing. It's like experimenting is how you like got a lot of these unique sounds. too. and it it really comes together in the mix. You know, it's like oh, once yeah. it's blending. And you said something uh, last night to me that stood out to me was when we were mixing, you were showing me some of the individual tracks when you were right. showing me the mix. And he even pointed out to the fact that like sometimes like the tracks they don't sound so great when you solo them when they're already mixed into the mix because they're made to sound good for the mix sure. not to sound good independently and i Absolutely. think with a young engineer a young someone who's getting into recording the mistake is commonly that they go in and they start to make each individual track sound best independently yeah and then they 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 find that they're having trouble when they're trying to now adjust for the mix and then they re-solo and it's like, oh, but now I lost this and yeah. like, let me get it back and then they here in the mix and it's like, and then they're
1: fighting between the two sounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, I've ruined many mixes that way. You know, going in solo and, and just trying to make something sound good, but it, mixing doesn't work like that. Uh, it's all about the back end. So uh, a technique I've been mixing with... Um, I was inspired by uh, Andrew Sheps, and, and he just uses a ton of parallel compression and a ton of uh, of um, compression on his master bus. So just as everything's, um, not a ton of compression, but just a lot of compressors. Yeah, yeah fine-tuned compressors down a chain. And then and... what happens is you turn on, you just turn all these com- compression on, all the parallel compression on, you turn the master bus compression on and you just hit play you know after doing a rough mix on the uh, for levels yeah um to get your levels and then just turn everything on and hit play and it'll the mix will become that much closer to being finished because it's just like wow this sounds good now i just got to fix my little problems so you're kind of working backwards Mm -hmm. then what's intuitive and then i say okay well this sounds good but let me go work on these drums, and I'll, I'll maybe I'll solo all the drums and just give myself that starting point. Um, but I'm not gonna just listen to just a kick drum. I when I'm listening back to to a mix, I already did my fine leveling. Um, I want to hear all the drums playing together. Maybe I'll turn off a room mic, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, just just to to because that's kind of, to me is almost like a reverb, so I can yeah. bring that down or I could bring it up. I also use a room mic just to add a little length to uh the kick and the the snare so uh but when i'm just trying to problem solve sometimes having the room mic off helps and then i'll bring it back later yeah
0: it's more about listening to the group and then taking parts out of it versus listening to the parts and trying to bring in the group and seeing how it mixes
1: absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah
0: um Yeah, I think um, just to wrap it up, I kind of want to read some of my key takeaways from what we were just talking about when it comes to, you know, using what you got and using your own space for for recordings. And it's like uh, from what you said, I mean, the biggest things that stood out to me is really understanding your room and its limitations and then using materials that really can help either detonate if you're in a smaller room or maybe really leaning into the big space that you have. And um, not worrying so much about the specific microphones and stuff like that, but being more okay to use um, what you can get, but really learning how to work with them and how to get sounds. Because like we discussed, there's been big records that use 57s and there's also semi-professional mics you can get like warm audio and stuff, which are only a few hundred dollars versus like the thousand dollar microphones that most people are more aware of. and um really just not being afraid to educate yourself
1: and experiment with what you have experiment experiment um and, and and pay attention if you're on youtube which all of us are uh constantly probably and you're watching a live band or you're watching a band in a small desk studio or whatever that Tiny like desk. Tiny sure. desk. Yeah. I was I was trying not to get sued by you know BBC or whoever does NPR. it. NPR. All right, same thing. Um <laughs> yeah. So um the uh the point is um uh if you're if you're watching a video and, and you say, Wow that 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 drum set sounds great, look at the video. And if you don't know what it is, you know, you ask ask somebody. It's there's so many resources online where you can just Copy, uh, you know, take take a screenshot, post it in in a in a group, and say, "Hey, what mic is is this? What mic is on that floor tom? What mic's on that kick?" Because you can at least get that piece of information. Mm-hmm. And if you can't afford the mic, you can find something similar. Find alternatives. You know, yeah, like plenty of alternatives. There's plenty of cheap stuff out there. Um, I mean, as far as drums go, like you can get a great sound with with just overheads. If that's all you can afford, there's records that have been done that way. Oh yeah. Um one mm. of my favorite drum sounds was uh uh what is it? Rehab by um Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse. Thank you. And Thank you. uh that was literally one microphone. It was just a uh Shure Super 55 mm. and and that was the whole kit. And it sounded great. It's just mostly a kick and snare groove, but it'll yeah. uh do the job. Hello. And, um, uh, you know, so uh, that comes down to just experimenting, yeah. getting the sound, yeah. then treating it. I think that they probably put some samples under it. But but the point is that you can get something cool. Yeah. And that's oh, what exactly. it's all about. It's yeah. about experimenting, getting something cool. Don't
0: overthink it. Just dive right into it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we have. Um so Cody, people can find you if they want to look into at Understudy Studio, and is that the handle for your page? That's
1: on in, for the Instagram, yeah. For the on, Understudy, understudy st- Studio, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Then and I then if people
0: want to follow but, you personally, do you, um uh, Instagram Cody
1: Wyoming K O U D I Wyoming, like the state. <laughs> Got <laughs> so it. You'll find remember me. Cody with a K Wyoming, like the state. And if you want to make a record or you want me to mix something, I don't know if it'll come out good, but I'll at least try. <laughs> well, um, thank you. It was
0: a pleasure having you on Vision Maker Podcast, thank you, and Victor. we'll talk to you again soon.